welcome to How Did You Learn to Do That, where you will hear tips, guidance, and stories to help you to have a fulfilling life and career. The inspirational stories that you will hear from people will inspire you to know that you can create anything you want in your life and it just takes commitment and action. So I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for you to hear these stories, these guidance and the tips that I'll be sharing. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me, info at howdidyoulearntodothat.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter at how did you learn to do that and we would love if you could help us grow and expand this podcast by reviewing us on apple podcasts as well as on youtube and sharing the episodes with your family and your friends and helping us continue to spread the message that we all are deserving of a fulfilling life and we can be the catalysts in our lives to create that all right stay tuned for the next episode Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome Lisa Michaud to the How Did You Learn to Do That podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Lisa um, I have, has an amazing story, so I'm just going to read a little bit about her bio. Um, at the age of 27, Lisa faced the realization that she might only have a year or two to live. Since then, her life has entirely changed. She was lucky. She didn't have cancer. But she did realize this. She was waiting for someone to tell her that she was going to die before doing the things that she really wanted to do. And from that moment, she made a commitment to start living today. And moving to downtown Vancouver and creating a movement to empower women were two of her dreams that two of her dreams she stopped putting on hold and made a reality. As a proud working mama to her beautiful two and a half year old daughter, Sonoma, she loves celebrating life in Vancouver because to her, it proves that anything is possible. Now at the age of 33, she's created a multi-million dollar net worth, a growing real estate empire, incredible network and beautiful family. And as an international success coach, speaker and entrepreneur, Lisa inspires and motivates you to turn your big dreams into goals. You'll actually achieve. Her message, you can do whatever you put your mind to and it's time to dream big and live life to the fullest. I'm so excited to have you here to share everything that you do and all the amazing things that you've done and you continue to do within yourself and your community. And um, I'm so excited to hear all about it. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm excited to share with your awesome community and happy to help in any way I can. So we'll just kick it off by asking you how you got started on this journey to doing what you do and being a success coach and having your real estate business and just moving to Vancouver and just everything in between. Oh, well, let me, let me rewind the clock a little bit and you, you, the bio, obviously the introduction, thank you for sharing that, by the way, that, that shares a little bit of it, but I want to just walk you through a little bit of like what that whole health scare experience was and how that really did change my life and set me on this journey that I'm on now. About six years ago, I was living a totally different life. And my husband and I were living and working in Fort McMurray, Alberta. So small town. Uh, we both had really good corporate jobs. We were making multiple six figures. We had a great group of friends. We were traveling all the time. We'd just gotten married. We were moving up the ladder. Uh, we'd started building our real estate portfolio. And then I faced the reality that I might only have a year or two left to live. And I will never forget laying in bed with my husband that night and looking 
looking him in the eyes and just saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do if I only have a year or two left to live? And he looked at me and he's super pragmatic and you, you know this. And he was like, well, you know, technically you're the one with the timeline. So what do you want to do? And that's when it really clicked for me. And the first thing that came into my mind in that moment was move to Vancouver. And I was, I'm from Vancouver Island and from a small town. And I remember every time I'd come to the city as a little girl, I would just, it felt like I came alive and we might, we'd stay at a hotel. My parents would go to sleep and I would sneak out of my bed and go peek through the windows, turn on my Christina Aguilera CD and just dream about living in the city, taking in the lights and just loving it. And what happened to me is something that I think happens to a lot of us over time. You know, as, as I got older, this idea of living in Vancouver, the stream, just seemed like it got further away and it wasn't, wasn't going to happen right then. And at first it was because it's not where my university was and it wasn't where my boyfriend was. And then it wasn't where my next boyfriend was. And then <laughs> I had a different job and then we had a mortgage tying us down and we had a second mortgage and a second job and Vancouver got more expensive. And so I had this huge list of reasons why we couldn't do it. You know, my husband's a small town boy. We have a quad, like, what do you do with a quad in Vancouver? Come on, all these questions. And in that moment, laying in bed with that question of what am I going to do if I only have a year or two left to live? All of a sudden, all those reasons why I couldn't do it, they just didn't matter anymore. They just weren't even a thought. The question wasn't why I can't do this. And the question instead became, how is this possible? And I'm super lucky because that moment, like that was a, that was just a scare. I'm healthy. Things are good. Um, but it was that scare and that realization that holy moly, like I'm living a great life. Things are going really good. But this happens, I think, so often. It's almost like I was on the wrong peak. Like I'd done all these things, I'd ticked all the right boxes and it was great, but there was still a level of me that was hiding. There were still dreams in my heart that I wasn't fulfilling. There were still things that I was too afraid to try and I was too comfortable to stay and even bother giving them a shot. So that was like a really, that was a huge awakening for me. Even though I was healthy, my husband and I, we both kind of woke it up and we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Let's do something different here. And so it took us about six to nine months. And we started to, you know, he quit his job. He found a new one that allowed him to travel. We sold one house and then we sold the other house and then ended up making the move to downtown Vancouver. So that was like, that's probably like the biggest, like big step that we took. And what I noticed when we moved to Vancouver, I spent the first couple months looking for a job because that's what you do, right? You get a job. And shortly afterwards, I remember looking at a job description that should have been the perfect description. Like it seemed exciting. The company was awesome. I was pumped for it. And it hit me again. I realized, what, what am I doing? I want to have a business. I've always had it, wanted to have a business. You know, I went to, I have my double major in accounting and finance because I wanted to have a business. And I kept telling myself things like, I don't know enough. I need the right idea. I need to have you know, a certain amount of money in my bank account before I can take this leap or my kid needs to be grown up and moved out of the house before I start a business. Like I didn't even have a kid. I wasn't pregnant, but I needed to her to move out for me to even go for my dream. And I realized <laughs> that this, even though I had enough courage and gusto to do it once to shake out my life for my dreams and go make it happen, that wasn't enough to change the habits the mindset, all the other pieces, the layers, the societal expectations, and really tap into what I wanted. It, it's not that easy to just have something happen once and then always do it. Um, so I, that's what got me really fascinated in, okay, if I'm struggling with this, if I had to literally have like 
face the reality that I might only have a year or two left to live to do something. And then that still wasn't enough to make me keep doing it. Well, what is going to be enough? And that's what got me really curious and passionate and in some ways kind of obsessed about figuring this out for myself and then helping other people do it too. And that's what made me decide to start my coaching business. And I love to talk clearly. So started, uh, I'd already been speaking a little bit. So I decided to kind of formalize that and create a business out of that. And then it's evolved into what is now Golden Girls, our brand, our podcast community and mastermind. That's, that's like how I'm here. (laughs) That's the story. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I have to ask what a quad is. I just, you said a quad. What is that? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, an ATV? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, okay. Yeah. I guess different. Yeah. 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 Like, um, I don't even, like an off roading little four wheeler oh, okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so you glad you. With that in that's a good, <laughs> okay. You're going to laugh. It is sitting in my parking stall in downtown oh my Vancouver. Gosh. So we had to buy a special parking stall that would fit my SUV and the quad and it's down there. And it's just so funny because this was something that limited me for so long. I was like, what are we going to do with the quad? Come on. Like not, and you know what? We just, we just found a parking stall. We just bought a parking stall that worked for us. So, um, it, it's just so amazing. The things, things that we, and I'm like, I'm guilty of this. I'm not, when I say these stories, I'm not, and all these little tips that I share, I'm not sharing these being like, you should do this because I know better. I'm saying this because I've made these mistakes and I've lived through it. So I hope that my, I can share this. And like this little thing, this quad, like we make up these stories. Like I can't do it because of this, like this quad. And it's like, well, well, how, how else could it look different? How would it be possible? And like, even just, if you listen to nothing else, if you turn this podcast off right now, which I hope you don't, but um, if you listen and you just take this away is start to ask, how is it possible? Because that is a question that expands possibility. That's a question that creates and gets your mind going into creativity mode instead of what so many of our defaults have been programmed over the years is to look at what's realistic and look at what's achievable and look at what is, what's, what's the prudent thing to do, or what's the safe thing to do, or what's the, we get, we get so stuck in those that we never actually look at like, well, how could I do this? And if you can just shift your mindset on anything that you're thinking, like whether it is starting a business, whether it is (laughs) figuring out what to do with quad when you move to Vancouver, whether it is living in a city you want to live in, traveling to a place you want to travel to, whatever goal or dream that you have, if you can just start to say, how is it possible? That can change everything. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you share that because I have uh, someone that's like, you know, both, both him and his wife, they're, they're really good friends of mine. And I've known them since high school and we're really, really close. And the one thing I always tell him, and he's, you know, he's a very bright person and um, and, you know, he can achieve really anything he wants. But the one thing I've always told him is that you get in your own way and you're the only reason why you haven't achieved those goals is because he has this order of events that need to happen. And he always is like, I can't do this because this needs to happen. And then that needs to happen before this can happen. And then blah, 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 blah. And there's this order of events that he needs to happen in order for him to start living that dream or that goal and realizing it. And I keep telling him, I'm like, you don't need that order. Why don't I do the last thing, work towards the last thing. And then maybe the first thing will happen just on the, that way, on that path and stop limiting that you can't get to your goal because you have these sub goals you need to get to first. And, um, and I always tell him that. And so I love that you share that because it's true. How do you just switch your language and your mindset to just think, okay, how is this possible? Like, how can I get there? What else can I do? What are some other options around this? And I think that that's, 
that's key because that really helps you move forward. And I know, um, just, you know, with like, and I love what you mentioned about just having this business or this, um, peak actually that you were saying, but it was the wrong peak for you because that's exactly how I feel. I feel like, um, and Michelle Obama says this in her book, and I don't know if you've read her biography. Yes. So good. Yeah. She calls herself the box checker. You know, you just check, check, check. Like these are all the things you set yourself up to. And sometimes they're not the, the boxes are not what you've put in. It's kind of like what society says or what your parents have said, et cetera. And so I did the same thing, you know, it was like, from a young age, my parents had instilled that, you know, you have to have a minimum of a master's degree and the PhD is your option, but you have a, have to have a minimum. And my grandpa used to say, you're not allowed to get married until you get that master's. And it's funny because the day I got married, I actually f- submitted my master's thesis at 8.30 a.m. And I got married <laughs> at 4 p.m. So I oh told him, gosh. I said, I told you, I like, I fulfilled your, your dream, like of what you said, you know? your expectation that I get a master's before I get married. It just happened to be on the same day. Um, and, I, and it was funny, but I did all of that. And then I got, you know, a job in government and I've moved up the ranks in, in, in a management position now. And so when I tell, when I, you know, tell people that and I, on paper, it just looks so incredible. It looks like, wow, like you're, you're doing it and you've got it. But similar to you, it always felt um, unfulfilling you know, and it always felt like this is not, there's something missing here. And when I got pregnant, um, and I talk about this a few times, but when I got pregnant, I was obviously excited to be pregnant, but I was more excited about the time off than I was about being pregnant, even though I was so excited to be pregnant, but it was definitely like, I was like, I have an end date to this job and it will be here for me, but I get this chunk of time to, you know, focus on myself and focus on what I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't realize that my daughter was going to take most of that time. I thought I was, so naive. <laughs> I was like, how did that work out? Cause I know what mine looked like. <laughs> yeah, no, I was so naive. Like I was contemplating doing an MBA while on mat leave. And one of my coworkers <laughs> that had just returned from mat leave said to me, don't do it. Like, just enjoy this moment and this time with your daughter. Like, you don't even know what your mat leave is going to look like. You don't know the challenges that come with having a child. So don't, don't try to set yourself up for something that you probably will not do. Um, just, you know, take this period of time and just enjoy. And luckily that was the best advice I had been given because I, you know, closed my application and everything. And, you know, it's true having a kid, it's just, you know, next, next go. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I was telling my husband, I was like, next go, I'm really going to cherish the newborn phase where they don't move. <laughs> oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I'm like, now I'm yes. going to start my business. I'm not going to start my business when she's 18 months old and running around and doing everything. And terrorizing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's exactly how I felt. And now like, you know, spending, I did get to actually spend that time though, to do reflection and and getting to know myself and some healing and things like that. Um, And then coming with this podcast and deciding this is, people need these stories because like similar with you and your golden, golden uh, girls mastermind and your community and your, you know, and your business, it's just, people need to hear these messages because there's a lot of us that are just in a place of, you know, I'm not happy, but I don't even know what I need to do in order to feel happy or feel fulfilled or create those goals or, or just set myself up for what's next. And like you said, it doesn't always have to be 
you know, waiting for someone else to tell you that you're not, you may not be able to reach your goals because you have a certain amount of years remaining. Um, so, so I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and so what, so once, uh, you did decide that you were going to start this, what, how was that experience for you? What, what did you have to do in order to start your business? I mean, how do you keep, how did you keep yourself aligned with that feeling of this is what I want to do? And this is my purpose, or this is my why statement, you know, how did you keep checking back into that? Cause I know it's, it's hard not to get lost in all the noise of what's going on in the world. Totally. I want to say that probably what I'm going to share for myself is probably also true. Some of the same things that if I was chatting with your friend who gets himself stuck, like similar things there that, and anybody else listening, it's a process for all of us. And like, I'm going through that process too. And what it took to start my business is different than what it takes to continue to showing up in my business. And what it take, took to get started is different than what it takes to pick myself back up after I failed. And it's like very different skills and mindset and habits that we need to change as we go. And I think that's a skill that we don't learn well enough as we're growing up. Like we really only learn how to kind of follow and take leads and tick boxes. And we don't learn how to figure out what it is. And you poise such beautiful questions there. Like, what is it that I even want? What is it that does fulfill me? What is it that makes me excited? And I just want to reframe something for you too. You know, you said, I didn't, I didn't do my master's on mat leave, but like, and this is the thing that that's this, that's a sexy thing. That's what everyone wants to check the box. I got my master's, but like, you probably got something even more powerful. And like, let's talk about, you know, the newborns, they're adorable. They're great. They don't move. It's beautiful. But like also for yourself, you know, you said it was such a period of healing and such a period of growth and reflection like that. We should be celebrating you ticking that box yeah, way the heck more than celebrating it. MBA box. Can, like, can we just get an amen on that? Because that is what it's about. It's about figuring out who you are, what's aligned for you, what's important to you, and then being able to move your life from that. Like no MBA or no typical box that you tick is going to give you that sense. And that's, I think what we're missing. So that's a really long way to say, hey, like, that's what I continue to do all the time is check in. And this is the same thing that I would say to your friend, like, you know, number one, it's super normal. We all get in our own way. That's why I'm a coach. That's why I have a business. That's why I help people solve their problem. Cause we all get in our own way. And, you know, at the same time, I am always working on myself and I'm working with coaches and I'm working on my mindset because that's normal. And when you can see that as a part of the process and a part of what's, what's normal and everybody goes through it, then it takes away the, the negative thinking that comes up. Cause we often start to think, well, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough at this, or I don't know how yet, or I get overwhelmed or I'm not cut out for this. And then we we give up or we slow things down or we get afraid or we put the gas, we put the brake pedal on when we really should be putting the gas on. So that's kind of like the first thing is just knowing that for me, like I'm getting in my own way all the time when I don't get things done or when things fall down, I always just go back to like, this is a learning moment about myself. What can I learn here? How am I holding myself back? What do I really want? Like all of those kind of reflection questions, I come back to them often. Um, every month I do a reflection. I reflect on the last month and I look ahead for the next month. What am I, so what did I do last month? What worked, what didn't work? Um, and then for the next month ahead, like what, what is important to me? What am I looking forward to? What could I do this month that would my future self would thank me for? Like it's a lot of constant reflection, checking in and going from there. I think that's one of the problems. Um, I think we can tie a lot back to the example you gave with your friend, you know, um, 
we, sometimes we set a plan and we think it has to happen in exactly this order. And that's one of the reasons why I hate smart goals because this whole like hat specifically as if you have to know every single step and it's just not possible. You just don't know. There are times when having a plan or having an order thing can work for you. And perhaps for your friend, it's worked at times. Or if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, but I like having a plan. I like knowing. Yeah. There are times where that works for you. And there's times where that actually holds you back and that doesn't serve you. And that's a, a skill. That's a reflection point to be able to know when is this plan going to work and when is it not for my business. And I think maybe others who are mompreneurs too can relate to this. Like being a mom, especially hello, 2020, doesn't matter how freaking good my plan is. Doesn't matter how many people signed off and authorized on it. Doesn't matter how many people made it work in 2019. I have all the data. I have all the proof in 2020, that shit's not going to work. I need to be ready to step up and adjust it. So there is always a point where we have to check in and say, and whether it's, we're talking about this and want desire to have a plan or any other strength that you have, there's a point where it's going to work for you. And there's a point where it's not, there's a point where it serves you. And there's a point where it holds you back. This is like the question I'm always asking myself is, you know, is my ability to, to speak is my, is my big heart? Is this, is my kindness? Is it serving me or is it actually holding me back in some places? Is my um, desire to be secure and to create stability? Is that working for me? Or is that holding me back? All of these things is my thoroughness on creating a good plan. Is that working for me? Or is that holding me back? Like, these are the kinds of reflection points that I'm always working through. And I'm not like, I'm not spending all day reflecting on this or meditating on a mountaintop, hoping the answer comes to me. I'm like figuring it out, journaling it, meditating it and moving through it and trying to see like, is this working? Is this right? Yes or no. And I think that's a skill both in our personal growth and in our businesses too, to be able to adapt, figure it out, try it. If it doesn't work, understand why not and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. That's, that's true. Just trying to assess and and align yourself as you go. And that's, that's the biggest thing that I always um, say too, and that I always share for myself too, is that you need to always come back to your goals. Cause, because, you know, I know for me, the goals I set up for myself um, in April, when I started this podcast are totally different from now, because it just evolves. And I've just learned so much as I've gone through, and, uh, you know, when I started in April, I set four goals for myself and I recently looked back at them and I was like, wow, I really did not, you know, make these goals from an informed position. And one of them was, you know, because I started off in April wanting to do affiliate marketing and a blog and doing affiliate blog marketing and through the podcast as well. And I said, you know, I'm going to have the podcast up by April and by June, I'll be making $10,000 a month. You know, <laughs> it was like, that was what I had. And now I'm, you know, in December and I'm like, that, I don't know why I have that goal. I was like, because there's so many other goals I have now for myself that are more nurturing, more about me. And, you know, and none of my goals, I mean, obviously I should have goals about finances and you should always have that because it's a big part of, of your life. Um, and you should be talking about what kind of money you want to be bringing in or kind of lifestyle you want for yourself and all of that. So I have that, but that's not in my top four goals that that's in its financial goals, you know, but for just me, um, and for my business and what drives me, my goals right now are more nurturing. And obviously these four goals will lead to the financial goals, but, but that's, you know, what my, my what I want to do right now with my business. And, um, and so, and so you're so right about just, you know, going back and reflecting and just saying like, does this work for me anymore? You know, what about we do this first and do that later? And, um, and I'm going, you know, I had a, um, 
I had a discussion with, um, and you know this, I had a discussion with my husband um, about our future. And I feel like we had that same discussion that you had with, with your husband and saying, you know, like what's next for us, you know, we keep talking about this all the time and saying, we want to do this and we want to do that, but we never really pull the trigger. We do the analysis. We, we do all of that, but when are we going to actually pull the trigger and do it, you know, and, and stop thinking about it and just getting it going. And, um, and, and that's always a challenge, you know, it's always a challenge to, to actually just take the risk and just go for it and just see what comes out of it and what you learn from it. It is totally. I think, you know, you, you've touched on goals a little bit and I want to just share a couple things that help me with goals and how I, how I teach goals and how I, what kind of framework I have. So I always focus on hundred day goals. So focusing, picking one thing and sticking with it for a hundred days. And if you can't stick to something, if it's not important enough to focus on for a hundred days, it's not a goal. Why are we talking about it? Like, that's kind of what I say. Um, and the number one thing, I love that you said it. You're like, it's not about the money because let me tell you something. It's never about the money. It's never about the followers. It's never about the letters after your name. It's never about how nice your office is because that stuff fades. And I'm going to tell you that, and even, you know, anybody listening to this, if you've ever, you know, think about your first job when you, somebody paid you, you know, if it's $8 an hour or $4 an hour for babysitting or $15 an hour, you're like, this is amazing. And you thought, well, if I ever made like $20 an hour, it's going to be the best ever. <laughs> then you hit $20 an hour and you're like, oh, well, I mean now like $30 an hour would be nice. And then you hit that and you're like, well, 50 and a hundred and like the same thing with the, you know, the, your, your house, if you ever moved into like a slightly nicer place. You're like, this is gorgeous. I'll never forget how nice, how nice it is to like have these super nice doorknobs or whatever, like the stainless steel appliances or whatever these things are. And then like six months down the road, you just don't notice it. And so it's, I always go back to when you set a goal, think about how you want to feel. What is it that you want to feel? And it's not to say that you can't have financial goals because we have financial goals, but it's like, how is that going to actually add to your life? And if you cannot answer that also should not be a goal. You've got to understand and know what it is that you're actually trying to feel because that's what makes a difference in your life. Because so many of the things, and humans are fantastic for this, is one of our strengths that we're very adaptable. It's also one of our weaknesses that we're very adaptable. It's the whole reason why the rat race exists and why the rat race is yeah. so real because we adapt very quickly to our, to our situations. But what we don't adapt to is when we're consciously paying attention to how we're feeling and how we're feeling is what we want it to be. So that's like the biggest thing that I always go back to and tell people is like, how do you want to feel? And then craft a goal from there. So do you want to feel, do you want to feel abundant? Do you want to feel generous? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel like you're serving people? Like what is it? And all those things could tie back to a financial goal, but you've got to know first, like what it is that, what, what is the money going to give you? Maybe it's freedom like that. You know, I just had a call with somebody this morning about, about finances and they were saying how they want to make a certain amount of money because they want to be free. And then they started telling me about how they're spending all these hours doing all this research. And the, and it's, they're not like setting up an asset. Like they're just, they're gonna have to do it every day for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, you're just creating yourself a second job. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. Isn't that the whole point? And aha, it clicked. Right. But often we don't do that. We don't think about like, what am I actually trying? What does even freedom mean to me? What does even abundance mean to me? Like get really clear on that yeah. so that we can reverse engineer and whatever goal we set and however we set it up that we're not completely missing the whole point of why we're going after what we're going. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's just, sometimes you get so, so caught up in the, 
in the work that you're missing out on the, the future thing. And I actually just did this recently. And it's funny you share because when I first started, one of my biggest things was the goal of time freedom, you know, freedom of time so that I could spend as much time as I wanted with my daughter. I mean, I loved my maternity leave. I loved that I could just get up and go whenever I wanted. I wasn't stuck to a certain amount of hours and whatnot. Um, so I really, really appreciated that. And I know, I knew that when I was going to go back to work that I wanted to have time freedom and, and, you know, COVID obviously is such a tragedy and it's taken so many lives and it's just caused so much damage, but from a, from a personal perspective, it's given me so much freedom that I wouldn't have been afforded before. And it's, I feel like for the most part, it's given a lot of people time to just slow down and reflect and taken away so much pressure um, where they can actually now have time to reflect and to start achieving some of these things that they've been putting on the back burner. And so for me, um, it gave me the honor of being able to work from home, right? So I didn't have to, um, you know, have to commute into the office and have to do all that work, which I never liked anyways. Um, but because of that, I actually was able to also work on my business because I took the commuting time and converted that into time I wanted to work on my business, which is huge. Um, and and so what? Um, and so what happened was I wanted this time freedom for myself to spend more time with my daughter. But until about a month ago, I realized I was actually taking more time away from her because I would work my day job and then I would have to work on my business. Um, and I thought I needed to do X, Y, and Z in order to keep it going and whatnot and, uh, you know, have that hustle that everyone talks about, right? And I realized that one day I would, um, I realized last, a couple of weeks ago, actually, that I was shifting all my work to evening. So my husband would get home, I would do all my work and he would spend time with her. So I'd miss out on time there. And that was trickling into my weekends. So you know, I feel frustrated because I wanted to do my work, but then my husband and my daughter were going out to the park and I also wanted to go to the park or I wanted to spend time with the family. And so I just felt like I always had to choose and I was so frustrated with it. And so, um, so what you said about keeping that goal in mind and I had to, I had to sit down and reflect upon it and say like, Hey, why did I start this? I put myself back to April um, and then I realized that I did it for time freedom. So why am I taking more time away? You know, I, I can, you know, do this a bit slower. I don't have to have all these goals in a week. I can have them over two weeks or over three weeks and still get there, but I'm not having to miss out on my big goal. That was time freedom and spending more time with my family, um, and my daughter. And so, and it's made such a big shift and change for me because now I appreciate all the time that I'm with her. And when I'm with her, I'm 100% present versus trying to, you know, send messages or engage and do all that other kind of stuff you have to do in emails. Or and feeling stuff. guilty. And feeling guilty. Yeah. So it feels so much better. So I love that you shared that. And so how do you do that? I know that you work with a lot of clients to do for your success coaching and all that, but how do you do that for yourself? Because you too have a have a young daughter and, um, and have multiple businesses going on and trying to coach um, clients and be there for your clients. So how do you do that for yourself? How do you maintain the ability to, you know, keep aligned with what you set forth to do in your why statement or your big, big goal? Okay. So reflection is definitely a big one, but let me give you like a really tangible 
what I do is, so I set a goal for every hundred days. Like, what am I working on? What's important to me? That's a big one. Um, I'm checking in every month. Like, how's it going? What's working? What's not adjusting from there. And then every week I actually sit down and this is also in the planner is a weekly planning. So I write, I have my goal written down. So what I'm, what am I focusing on? And the first thing I do is I think about like, what have I done that I'm proud of? What am I celebrating? Like, what did I do last week that it was really awesome? Cause I think otherwise to-do lists just become to-do lists and they drain our energy, but I want to come at it, from, at it from an exciting place. So I'm like, okay, here's what I'm proud of. This is what I'm going. And I, then I say, what am I going to do this week towards that goal? And a couple of things that help me kind of keep that balance is, and I'm not perfect at it. So I'm still working on it. This is like lessons learned. Uh, but I will then say, okay, how much time is this going to take me? And I will map it out. I'll usually add like 50% cause it always takes me longer than I think. <laughs> and then I'll literally put it on my calendar and make sure it's going to fit in there and it's going to work. I have had weeks where I have planned myself like 200 hours of work in a week, which if you know, oh, there's only 168 hours in a week. So that doesn't work. Right. So I've like, I've had to figure this out over the last few years of like, okay, how much work can I actually kind of plan for and make sure that that's going to fit in the, the things that I, the time frame that I have to work. Now here's the balance part. This is the part where I think this is one of the things that it's really unique. I kind of started doing this for myself. And then now a lot of other people um, have asked me about it and it's in, in the planner too. What I do is I have a personal intention every week. And for some people, it might change for me. It I'll read it out to you. It is, I am my best self. I am healthy, thriving, and inspired. I am energized as I grow and expand. So I have that one to come back to me. And then I also have one that is, I'm living an exceptional life in an exceptional marriage. I'm the happiest wife and mama I know. So for those two intentions as well, uh, I always go back to, again, what I do last week that I can celebrate. And by the way, if I can't celebrate or I'm not proud of things, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom ever. Or, oh, I'm like my terrible self. I'm just like, oh, like something came, got out of balance there. Okay. It's just time to like shift that. Let's do a little more this week. How do I want to feel in this? Right. So it's always coming back to like, I'm at the happiest wife. I'm bringing the energy I want to. Um, how am I feeling? Am I energized? Am I growing? Am I expanding? Those are the things that it's coming back to. And then what I do is I set intentions for those. So for example, this week, um, <laughs> one of them is date with my husband. One of them was being present on Remembrance Day with, with my daughter. Um, another one has been take my daughter swimming. Like I, I'm kind of looking through some of the last couple of weeks to give you some ideas. So I get really conscious about what am I going to do this week to balance that out. Same thing with myself. Like what if it like, and I am an achiever. Like if others are task. Like I want to take it off. Nothing feels better for me than like ticking a box. <laughs> um, so I use that, what could be a weak, it's a strength and it's a weakness, right? It could be a weakness that ties me to my desk all the time and never gives me freedom, never gives me permission to take a break. But instead what I do is I use it as a, as a gift in terms of my own self time or my time with my daughter. So it's like, I'm going to have three play dates plan for her to, for us to do, or I'm going to take her to Granville Island, or I'm going to journal this many times. I'm going to go for a float this week. I have a massage. I'm going to go do these workouts. I put all these things down on my weekly planning sheet. And then as I do them, I'd get the ticket. It feels really good. And at the end of my week and every week, as I look ahead or look back, it feels like, okay, I actually did get, like I worked and I made progress towards my, my goal, the thing that's important to me right now. And I also showed up as and these are my intentions. You can make your own, right? But I also showed up as how I want to show up in my relationship, in my family. And I also did it for myself. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that. And I think that, I love that you share more about 
like your your intentions and your your goals that you set for your week or your plan for your week is not just about business but it's about you about your daughter about your husband and it's it's more it's more about your life as a whole um and i love that and um i know we're going to link i'm going to link the the weekly planner that uh lisa has on her website on the show notes so you can check it out and you can download and do it for yourself um, but you know, I, I, I actually am the same as you. I love checking things off. It's the best feeling in the world, the best. Um, but there was something that you said that really resonated with me that got me, um, thinking, uh, I just have to remember what it is. Um, you said something and I was like, oh yeah. Oh, well, it's okay. I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll come back to it, but, but yeah, I love, I love everything that you, that you shared because, setting goals or setting a plan for yourself during the week is one of my most favorite things to do. And, um, I've had a planner for as long as I can remember from like, you know, early high school days until now, every year I, I scope out, I get a planner and every year, every Sunday night, it's like a ritual. I sit down and I write out what am I, what are my plans for this week? And I color code it and, you know, and it's so such a good feeling to highlight, um, and to, to cross things off of, of those lists. And I think that that, um, you know, everybody works a little bit differently, but for me personally, I feel like sitting down and being intentional about my time and intentional about my days. Um, and my planner now is just like a weekly planner, but I used to have like the half an hour time blocks planner, you know, um, and before back, 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 like I'm not that old, but um, like 10 years ago when I was 21, I, I couldn't find those anywhere. Those like half an hour time blocks. So I would literally have to go to my local salon and be like, where do you get your planner from? Cause they had to schedule that on paper. Right. And now it's oh all digital, gosh. but you remember it used to be on paper. Yeah. Well, like okay. a, like a oh. reservation book. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just ask them and, um, and they would, and luckily I knew the owner and like, I had been going there for years. So she's like, you know, I'll just order an, one on my next order. And I would always get my yearly planner from the salon, which is, I find funny because what it would allow me to do is to schedule time for myself. Like, you know, in this hour, this is what I'm doing in this. And I've moved that over to my business as well, like my work um, and, and my business now. And uh, it just allows for so much flexibility, which is, is funny to say, because, you know, you look at your calendar and it looks so busy, um, but it just, it's because you're scheduling in, you know, everything that you need to do um, and your intention and your hours so that you, you're, taking care of yourself and you're reminding yourself of that. And recently I did a podcast with someone and she said she had to schedule in because she knew her week was busy, but she had to schedule in a 10 minute meditation right before our podcast, because she said, in order for me to shift from being, you know, a CEO mindset to sharing my story, which is more personal. She's like, I needed that 10 minutes to just do some meditation or just to like quiet my mind and just relax and get into that place. And and sometimes I think that that's so key, um, getting to know yourself, getting to know what you need to do in order to take your, take care of yourself and shift, shift your mindset from different roles that you have in your life, I think is so key. Um, and I know you, and I know your hundred days, um, it made me laugh earlier because I have this hundred day workout, uh, program. Ah, uh, are you doing the beach body one? Yes, the morning. Isn't it meltdown. so great? Okay, so I got a confession to make. I started it in September seventh and got to day eighteen. It fell right apart. But I am starting. I was supposed to start it again on Sunday, and it, I've always been pushing it because 
you know, I just did not have the discipline, but now I'm getting started today. Um, but I've been contemplating, I'm like, should I do the hundred days of a half hour workout? It's much shorter, it's more manageable, but it's a hundred days. And I'm like, that seems like so long, right? And then there's the option of doing a hundred days, but every fifth day you double up and take the sixth or every fourth day you double up and take the fifth day off to rest. But then there's the option of doubling up and having a one hour workout for 60 days. And so in my head, I, I've been toying with the three ideas and I'm just thinking like, you know, I'll do 60 days. It's an hour. It's 60 days. It's much shorter. I think I'm going to do that. But knowing myself and to dedicate an hour to working out for me right now in this season of my life is very, very hard. And I like the idea of the half hours, right? But then I, in my head, and this is where the mind block, roadblocks come up for us individually. In my head, I'm like, 100 days, that's so long. Like, that is like, I want to achieve this goal, like, in 30 days, you know, in 60 days. But 100 days is just too long. But well, as you here's here's the question is like, what is your goal? Like, is your goal just to do a hundred workouts or is your goal to feel stronger? Is your goal to have more energy? Is your goal to have some time for yourself? Is your, like, what is your, is your goal to be able to do pull-ups like a hundred pull-ups? Like what is your goal? Yeah. And that's exactly it. And as you're talking about your hundred day plans and your hundred day goals and, and all that work through, and it just dawned on me, like, you know, and I know I, it just clicked to me as you were speaking. I was like, yeah, if I can't commit 100 days, you know, why, why would I, why would I not want to commit 100? It's not like in 60 days, I'm never going to work out for the rest of my life. It's not like in like 100 days, if I double up on every fourth day, that the fifth day, you know, I'm going to rest, you know, or is it okay if I do a half an hour and like not potentially, you know, stop because on that fourth day, I had to do an hour and I couldn't do it. You know, what is my plan? And as you were speaking, it just dawned on me because as I've been thinking about this today, I've been, um, today being day one again, um, I was just thinking about that. And, and as you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why don't I just, what is my goal? My goal is to incorporate working out into my day every single day. So how can I do that? Half an hour is way more manageable to me than saying that I'm going to do this for an hour. Right. Awesome. And, and that's so good. Yeah. And a hundred days is not that long. When you think about it, it just sounds very long, but it's not that long. And there's just so much change and impact you can do. Um, and I've done a 90 day challenge and I never thought that was an issue. <laughs> so I don't know why that number a hundred to me just seems so daunting, but you know, and I thank you for sharing that because as you just said it, I just clicked to me. I was like, yeah, like, why do, why am I putting this limitation or this roadblock up for myself? This you know, something that is stopping me, but you know, yeah, what, what, what is my goal after a hundred days? Is it to stop or to continue? You know, so it doesn't matter. Um, I should just call it the lifetime challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's super cool. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so funny how you're like a oh, hundred days feels like a long time. And well, like, what about, like you said, are you just going to stop? And most like a goal is either going to be to like get you to the next level of something or to build something. And if it's like about getting you to the next level of something, it means you're creating a habit and like, that's not going to change. Yeah. So a hundred days is actually pretty short if you compare that to the rest of your life. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we think like a hundred days ago, like that a hundred days ago was August, which is, you know, crazy. Cause you think of what you did in August and you're like, Oh, it's already been a hundred days. Like it seems, it seems wild, but yeah, it's so true. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. 
And so, um, so with the, and I'm just curious from a, from a coaching perspective, ask um, away. I, I know uh, you have a lot of clients that you, so you help them through these goals and these, these experiences and all of that. How do you, how do you, um, you know, how do you make sure that you're taking care of yourself? I know you do success coaching, um, but I know there's a lot of people that come with a lot of roadblocks that they have or a lot of questions or challenges and experiences, but how do you take care of yourself not to absorb the, the, those issues or those concerns or those roadblocks that come up for your clients, um, in, for yourself? Oh, that's a good question. I think there's a few things. So first of all, I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I only do one or two private clients a year, not a lot. And a part of that has been because we've struggled with childcare and it's been just really stressful to try and do that. And the other part of it is because I want to come with my full energy and I want to do the best job I can for them. Another piece that I've done that I think is really helpful, well, a couple things. So one of them is that I always remember that my clients, and this is from my coach training, are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And coming back to that reminds me that I don't need to fix them and they don't need me to fix them, that they have everything they need inside me, that they are perfectly whole, they are resourceful, they are capable humans. And I'm just here to guide them and they don't need me to fix them or save them because that, if I thought I needed to save everyone or fix everyone, that would be draining. That would be exhausting. But when I remember that my clients, like they're incredible and they are, like they really truly are, they're brilliant. I can just see them for who they are and I don't need to fix them. I'm just here to guide them. And that takes the pressure off me. And that takes them from being like, it it takes them from being the victim and me being the hero into us being equals. And it shifts the energy in them too, right? So when I'm not coming through being like, you need me, I'm your hero, let me fix you. They're not becoming victims. They're actually being the hero of their own story too. So I think that energy shift changes things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm getting in from everything that you're sharing is that it's just so important to be clear on, on your intention of, of what are you here to do both in your personal life as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, you know, and I think that that, that's so true. And, you know, it's so um, interesting to me. And I find this all the time that how many of us don't actually take time to reflect that way um, and that we we just move forward in a certain in certain rhythm and and as you know I just um, you know a, uh, a couple months ago launched my course and now I'm going to do it again um, this month but it, it's just I've had so many people come to me and just talk tell me about how they are doing you know actually I'll back up I've recently talked to someone that's an, that's just started as an angel investor and she said. She, she was working in healthcare um, and I can't remember her position, but she was working in healthcare and she f- said, she's like, I just felt so, you know, unfulfilled. And I had thought that this is what I wanted to do, but this is not what I want to do. And so I've gone back to, you know, testing the waters in different areas and doing this, but I just, you know, I just don't know why I don't f- feel fulfilled doing now this second career that I always wanted to do. And I thought this is what I wanted to do. And it came back to the fact that, you know, she hadn't really spent a lot of time self-reflecting to find out who she truly was um, and not just seeing what's out there and what, you know, right now, angel investing and like Shark's Tank and Dragon's Den and all that makes it look so cool and so fun and to do all that. But 
when, but if that's not who you are and that doesn't resonate with you, it's just, it's just not as important. So, um, so a lot of the people that I meet through the course or through coaching, uh, myself through looking at new guys, a lot of the time, it's just that nobody's really reflected for in high school, you know, that you maybe, uh, maybe, you know, you don't know if you've, Actually, we don't really talk about self-reflection in high school. So I don't, I don't even think it's too young to do it. I think it's an important thing to do. But the only question you're asked at that point is what are you doing after high school? You know, are you going to work? Are you going to school? What are you planning to do? Then you get into school and that's, you know, a grind on its own. Um, or you start working and whatever, and then you're done school and then you're expected to start a career. But nowhere in that trajectory are you reflecting or, or you know, is there something more formalized asking you to reflect and to get to know yourself? Cause you've grown, you've grown, you change, you're such a different person. Um, so I love that you share that because it's, it's, you know, just, you need to be intentional and you need to really know what are you here to do? Um, mm -hmm. because a lot of these things that are not as important start creeping in and they overwhelm. Totally. It's I'm, I love that you said that because that was probably some of the some of the best advice I've ever gotten or in my, my career that I'm, I want to share. And some of the things I see happen, it just happens all the time. You know, one of my really close friends, she was in her twenties and she said, by the time I'm 30, I want to be a manager and I want to be making six figures. And she's a smart girl. She's brilliant. She got there. She was 30. She was a manager. She was making six figures. Tick, tick those boxes. She hit 34 and she was exhausted. She was burnt out. And she was like, what the heck? I hit all my goals. Why do I still feel unfulfilled? Why am I so miserable? What is happening? And she had to do like, it wasn't, wasn't until that point. She's lucky that that happened then and not at 55 or 65 or yeah. later on, at least that happened then. But she realized that like, Hey, she didn't even like managing people. She just wanted the title. And how often have we done that? Where we're like, that looks like a sexy thing or that sounds sexy, but we don't actually understand what it takes to go into that. So she didn't even likely, like she found it annoying when people kept, <laughs> kept coming to her, but that's what it means to be a leader is to lead your people. And so she had to shift from leadership to being a technical specialist. And that was more aligned with her. She also realized that she ha was making this money. She was making good money. And she was like, I don't even have time to spend it. I don't even know what to do with it. I mean, obviously I was like, give it some to me. I'll help you out with that. But <laughs> the bigger problem was, you know, why, what it was more important than, than money. If money wasn't giving her what she wanted, what did she do? And so it took her a few years. And like a lot of these big goals, by the way, like this overnight success thing is a myth. Nobody's an overnight success. Um, it, it took her a few years, but her husband and her were able to take that extra money. They were able to set their intentions and they ended up paying down buying a bunch of buying some real estate. And now it pays them all the time. And they live like fairly frugally once in a while, they'll kind of do some odd jobs and they sail around the world and have a great life. And to her, you know, 20 something year old self, her 40 something year old self is a complete failure because she's unemployed and she's not a manager and she's not making six figures, but to her 34 year old self and to her 40 year old self and what the age that she is now, she's a success because she's recognized that what matters to her is to spend quality time with her partner and to be doing work that she actually enjoys and to be seeing the world. And that's more, and to have the freedom to do those things. And that's what she was looking for. So I think like that, her story is just so powerful. It's really amazing that she's, she's gone through that. Um, one of the other things my mentor told me that I think is really, really helpful. And I hope that it helps anybody listening. If you're in like a career transition or ever wondering this, I remember, so I was fairly, eh, not even a year into my job at Suncor. It was an HR analyst job. And 
one of the projects that I was working on was relocation. We were working on relocating people from Fort McMurray down to Calgary. And one of the jobs that was chosen to be relocated was my own job. And my husband and I had just bought our house in Fort McMurray and we were building a community and we just, we were starting to really enjoy it. So we didn't want to leave. Um, and so my only option was to find another job within Fort McMurray, within that company, if I wasn't ready to move, but none of the HR jobs were fit. And I was completely spiraling. I remember going to my mentor and I was like, I want to be in HR, but there's no HR jobs, but I want to be in HR and I want to be here and I can't move to Calgary and like literally just spinning. And he was like, what do you actually like to do? And I was like, uh, HR, are you not listening? Like what kind of a mentor are you now? I'm kidding. He's great. But I was like, what are you not getting? He was like, no, no. He's like, what about the actual work? And I was like, whoa, tell me more. So what he had me do, what I often suggest people to do is like, as you're doing things and you can do this anytime, write down the things that make you forget to eat, pee, sleep, on a piece of paper, like put two post-it notes next to your desk. On one side is the things that like you are so excited, you're into it, you forgot to eat your sleep. And the other side, write the things that you keep procrastinating on, the things that you're like, oh, this sucks. Or like, this is like, I hate doing this. Write down those things. And if you do that for a couple of weeks, you're going to get a really solid sense of what you do like to do and what you don't like to do. Yeah. And so often we are, not, we are never taught this, which is mind blowing to me now. But we never actually think about what the work actually is. So I like the topic of people. Um, but I much prefer, for example, speaking or leading or doing presentations or doing project work versus like the firefighting stuff that came up or the analytics piece or the spreadsheets. I didn't really, I do, I, I like myself a good spreadsheet, but I don't like being in them all day. So like this took me a bit of time to figure out, but what I did is I spent the next couple of weeks creating this. And then I came back and we threw through that new lens, I was able to look at job postings and there was something in stakeholder relations that would actually fit really well because I like project-based work. I like working with interdisciplinary. I like the people side things. I like being able to present. And I was able to look at something in safety, safety training, like who, what the heck, um, where that was an interesting role. And I was able to look at something in supply chain that was interesting. And I was able to look at something in finance that was interesting because it's not that I want to talk about money or that I want to talk about supply chain or that I care on like such a profound level about safety training. It's that the type of work was so interesting that it got me excited. It got me engaged. And at the end of the day, everything is people. So I could make that connection to that. So when I looked at things that lens, that's made a really big difference for me. And that's what allowed me to go from being in HR to being in learning and development and safety training to then I actually, my last job in corporate was something called continuous improvement specialist. The job description wanted somebody with eight plus years of engineering experience of which I had zero. And I was able to get into it. And it was exactly the type of work that I liked, which was project work. It was working with different groups. It was all about mindset. It was all about community. Whereas in the beginning, I thought it was like HR was my only option. But once I was able to look at it through the lens of what kind of work I like to do, it changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's, it's so true that we don't, we often just look at the titles and I am definitely guilty of this. You know, I wanted the manager title and I wanted to do it before I turned, you know, 28, which was crazy. <laughs> that was my goal. Um, and I wanted to travel. Like I just wanted to be on airplanes all the time. That was my definition of success. And, um, and you're, it's so right. You know, it's, it's all the things that, um, that makes us forget to eat and sleep uh, and pee that are the joy, the things that we find joyful. And I remember similar to what um, your mentor shared to you, someone told me early, early on in my career that every project you work on 
create like this master resume, put in the title of the project and write about it, reflect upon it and say what you've liked, what skills did you learn? What did you like? And what did you hate? And he mm. said, you really have to hate it in order to put it in. And, and so I have this master resume and at the end of all of it was um, the ones that I loved was where I had stories, like people, like I actually got to speak to people. Right. And so in that position that I had, um, where I was traveling across the entire province. So like every day was like, I'd have meetings from Kelowna to the island back home by the end of the day. And, and it was odd. And at the time I was like, this is so cool. This is so awesome. And I'm a political junkie. I would say like, I love politics. I, I know all of our politicians and all that. And so sometimes I'd be on these like Harbor airplanes and like our attorney general would be sitting right next to me. And I'd like totally freak out. Cause I'd be like, Oh my God, it's so cool. And um, it was so awesome. But I remember towards the end when I knew I wanted to get pregnant, I was like, well, I can't sustain this lifestyle of traveling and these hours and all of this, like while having a child and being pregnant. And, um, and I remember I did something similar and I was like, what do I love about this job? And it was, um, it was risk management. So it was um, for, for the provincial health authority in BC. So I got to dig deep into the entire health organization across the province about like what what is everybody doing and what are we not doing? What are the risks and what do we need to do to mitigate those risks? And so I would hear stories about people. I'd be hearing stories about services. I'd be hearing employee stories and um, actual people, you know, that had experiences with our health system and everything from, you know, from all over. And I remember every time I heard one of those stories was where like my heart fluttered or like I felt the most like oh this is worth it this early morning wake-up call was so worth it and at the end of the day that's what I loved and so when I was deciding whether to stay or to leave you know that job I luckily got another job at the same time offered to me that was um that was similar in the sense of the stories. And I remember just thinking my husband and I, he, and you know, my husband, he's so analytical. So he did a spreadsheet for me of all that <laughs> like financial back and forth and the commuting and all that time and the cost savings and whatnot. And, um, and I remember the one thing he said to me, he's like, forget all of this, but like, are you going to get what you love about your current job in this new job? And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, that's, I would, you know, and so the dollar amount doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the title. It doesn't matter what it is, but I would, but more importantly, I would actually get more time with you. And if I get pregnant I get more time with our child, because this place is close to home and I'm not traveling all the time. I'm not doing all of that. And, uh, and it made the decision so much easier. Um, but, but you're right. It's just, sometimes it's the, it's like, um, the societal expectations or the, the thought of this is what I want to do and this is my goal but when but being having continuous reflection points in life to say is this still what I want like why am I working so hard towards something that I don't know if it serves me as well as I thought it would have um which is you know and I which is why I completely love everything that you share I I share this with you but I downloaded all your resources on your website because uh-huh. I felt like I love the one that says 100 dreams and I just I was just thinking like, if I could just dream, you know, what could I do? And, um, and so I found your resource and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Cause I'm just going to put all these dreams down and, and dream for a little bit to see, you know, see where it takes me and what's really important to me. And, um, I actually found that most of the themes across all those dreams were very similar. 
And it all had something to do with um, time, which for me, it's like, as an entrepreneur, I think it's hard when you say time is your goal uh, because that's the long-term goal, but, um, but it all had to do with time, you know? Mm. And so I'm envious of your friends sailing the world. <laughs> well, I hope that you hear that and know that it's possible for you too. Like that's the whole point, right? Is yeah. that she, she caught it and you're catching it. You see it too, right? And now that you know that you can put your time and your energy and your intentions towards the right goal, the right thing that's going to, that's going to work for you. Yeah. So, super cool. I want to also like make a quick distinction that I think is important to hear. And it is that like, not every single day and every moment that you do is going to be like, oh, I love this. This is amazing. Yeah. This is perfect. Or it's perfectly aligned. There are times where we do have to, and you probably know this too. And I know in my business, there's times where like, I do have to work a little more, or I do have to push through for something. Or, you know, my husband, and I also have a real estate business. So there's times where we're like on the phone a little more, or not connecting as much, or we're looking at spreadsheets more than we should be. What I, what helps me like kind of justify this to figure this out. So number one, I, Anytime those things come up, it's like really important to say, like, is this worth it for me? Is this something that like I really want and I'm willing to give up what we're doing? You know, am I willing to give up some evenings to make this happen? Am I willing to give up some weekends to make this happen? That's kind of one of the first things. Am I willing to do it? And the second one is, is this like a short-term thing or is this a, is this a forever thing? So an example of like, I want to have more money. Let's say that, let's say my goal is I want to have more income so that I can have, maybe take more time off later down the road. A difference that I would see is like, I to if I want more income, I could, for example, drive Uber, or I could drive Fedora, or I could do some extra coaching sessions, or I, on the other side, I could create an asset like a group program, or I could create an affiliate blog that's going to continue to be shared, or I could buy a real estate property that's going to continue to pay me. Those are two different things, right? Like. One of them is building an asset or something that I'm going to do once or for a short period of time, and it's going to continue to, to work then forever. Whereas the other one is like, I have to keep doing it. It's almost like I've built this habit of always needing a second job. So those are like, that's another thing to, that I always like to think about too, which is like, cause I can, you know, I can do, there's a lot of things. I think you probably know this in our business. We have to do that kind of suck that I'd rather pay somebody to do, but I'm not in a position to do it right now. So I do it. But I know that like, it's not a forever thing that I'm building and my vision and what I'm creating is going to be bigger than, so I can have somebody eventually do that. But for now, for the next little bit, I got to do it and make that happen in order to get there. So it's a good, it's a good distinction to make is like, am I doing this um, to eventually have it change and become what I want? Or am I creating an unsustainable habit? Or am I creating something that's, that there's no end point to, and therefore it's not going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. It's that uh, you have to, um, and you said this earlier, you have to want it. And why are you doing this? And what is it for? Because like you said, at, at the beginning, you're putting in those hours for a future you and a future goal um, that you may not see in the immediate, but you're right. You know, there's things that we have to do that we don't want to do right now, but we have to do it. And uh, in the future, we may be able to not do it um, and actually be able to delegate it. But for now it is, we, we do have to do it in order to build a business. Um, yeah. And there's a big difference between taking, you know, taking a job that's maybe not ideal in the beginning because you think it's going to get you the experience for the next job you want, or it's going to get you in the right connections or the right experience or the right community or with your business. It's like a big difference between like building something that you're excited about versus you're just doing it and it sucks and 
this is like a common narrative out there that I hear. It's like making money is hard. That's just the way that it is. And you're not going to like your job and you're not going to like your business and you just have to suck it up. Two totally different things. It was like, you got to, if you, you can do the crappy things, if it's aligned, if you know it's going to, if you're pretty sure that it's going to serve you in the future, you're willing to do it. That's okay to do, but don't get yourself caught. And I think a lot of people get themselves caught in like the next 20 to 40 years are going to suck of my career, but then I'll retire. Like that's crap. Yeah. That's not, that's not what we're here for. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, that whole narrative, uh, you know, it's just eight hours in a day, but I have the whole rest of the day that I could do whatever I want. And I think to myself, I'm like, you know, and I, this is the thing that I always say is the saddest part of reality is that you've spent 40 hours or more per week feeling unhappy. That's a huge chunk of your time. That's 2000 hours a year, multiply that over 40 years. That's, you know, how many hours of that could you have been happy? You know, could you have done something more fulfilling for yourself? And unfortunately what you do during your day, it does, it's not like your mind like shuts the door on it. You do take it with you. That mindset goes with you through your, the rest of your day. Absolutely. Uh, it keeps you up at night. It makes you maybe wake up in the middle of the night. It makes you want to sleep in or more or want to procrastinate. It, it lowers your energy. Then you have less energy. You show up at home grumpy. You're flipping off people on the highway as you're driving home on your commute, right? Like it just, it's not some, and are you really doing great work? Like, and I think Again, if you're doing, if you're like my, my first job in corporate, it wasn't my ideal job, but I was like, I know that this is going to be a great company. I know that I'm going to learn a lot. And so that energy of knowing that there's a future was enough to carry me through some of the things that weren't as fun. Yeah. But you have to know that you have to be super clear on that because yeah. even two hours, you, I mean, you know, it. like you, you hang out with somebody who's draining or you even look at one negative comment that you get on social media can actually like lower your energy or a nasty email that you get can lower your energy for a lot longer than just the 30 seconds you're reading it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jay Shetty says that like how many times you go through your comments and like you see all the positive ones, but you stop at the negative one. And, and, and he says, he's like, why do we stop at the negative one? Why do we disregard the hundreds of positive comments for these few, very few negative comments and how that takes us throughout our day, um, which is so, so true. And I do want to talk about the 100-day planner that you have uh, coming out because it's so, so exciting. Um, and I want to talk about about your your vision behind that and what, what really sparked that. And I know we've been talking about the work that you do and through the success in your weekly planner, but what really um, sparked you to create a planner? Well, <laughs> It really came down to me noticing the same kind of problems that a lot of women in my community, a lot of people that I talk to when I speak, a lot of the same challenges people have when it comes to goals. First of all, a lot of people don't even know how to set goals. Like a lot of people don't know how to, what's the right way to do it. And all we're ever taught is SMART goals. And I hate SMART goals. I could like, we could do a whole other podcast on why I hate SMART goals. Um, I actually... And my podcast, I think episode two or three is like why smart goals suck. So if you want to know more, go listen to that. <laughs> but the reality is like if smart goals worked, we would all be retired billionaires married to Brad Pitt with six pack abs like that. They don't work. They're just, there's a lot of pieces in there that, that aren't effective. So um, throughout the last couple of years from, through my own processes, through what I've worked with clients, I've come up with a goal setting process. So I saw that first of all, people didn't know how to set a goal and then people didn't know how to like stick to it. And 
there wasn't a lot of like built-in reflection points, which we've talked a lot about. And I honestly think that's such a big key is to check in every week to do some reflection and every month to do a deeper dive. Um, and then the hundred days came about kind of randomly, kind of, kind of by accident. But what I found is that it helps with a lot of common things that I see stop people. So I have a lot of people be like, oh, well, like my new planner doesn't start till this day. So I'll just start then. Uh, right. Or like, oh, it's already November. Like what can I do between now and then I'll just wait till January. And we know, all know how that goes when you start in January or people saying, well, I'm just going to wait till a Monday, or I should start on the first of the month for something. And then, and then they're waiting for the first of the month. That's also a Monday, which means they never get started. And so that's where I was like, you know what? I just like screw this like 90 day planner idea or like every quarter, like people need to just get started now and take action. The other part of the hundred day goal planner that I see so many, myself included, like we're very guilty of overestimating what we can do in a year and underestimating what we can do in like five years or 10 years. And so what I wanted to do is create is give people incentive to just focus on one thing. So the whole planner is focused around one goal, one focus goal for 100 days. And you simply take one action every day towards that goal. The other part of it that's really powerful is that it allows you to create a habit. So we were all grown up. We heard that like 21 days to make a habit. That's actually not true. It's closer to about 60 to 70 days to create a habit. Yeah. So that's why the hundred days, like I wanted to go beyond that so that we are actually establishing the right habits because goals are not about what you actually achieve. It's about who you become in the process. And it's about how you feel on the way to it. And what I want to see, what, what I think, what I've noticed really helps people, what helps my clients and helps me, helps probably you too, is when you see results and when you feel momentum going, then you have more excitement, you have more energy, you get more momentum and it creates more results. And frankly, whatever your goal is, that actually just takes time. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a hundred days, what I've noticed is people are, it's enough time to get real results and to make real progress. And it's not so long for maybe for the hundred day, hundred day workout, but it's not so long that most people are like, you know what? I can do it for hundred days. I can figure this out. Um, they create a list. I usually like open up a note on your phone. And every time you have an idea to switch your goal, put the next goal, <coughs> excuse me, on that list. And you'll tackle it in hundred days. <laughs> That's when you can relook at it. But for now, this is your one goal. So we're not, we're not going to lose that idea, but you're just not going to focus on it for the next hundred days. So that's kind of how the planner has, has come together. It starts out with the whole, like an actual framework on how to set goals and gets you thinking about what, what mindset or what stories, or what limiting beliefs might hold you back? What habits you need to create to set this goal? How is it that you want to feel? And here's another really powerful thing that I want to pop in here is like, what are the things you can do every day to feel the way you want to feel? Because I'm all about like, how can we get the results today instead of waiting, you know, three years down the road? Like, let's say you want more freedom uh, or more time with your daughter. You know, what could you do today to, to feel that way or to feel connected to her? Could you write her a little note to read at, at daycare? Could you read her uh, a story, just the two of you and put your phone away for 20 minutes. Could you go for a walk with her? Could you, you know, go in the bath time with her? Like these little things that you're not waiting, you know, till your blog is making $10,000 a month. And you know, who knows how long you're actually getting that, that extra time and connection with her today. So that's another part of the planner. That's really important is thinking about how can I do these things every day? And the more we feel the way we want to feel, the more we're going to feel the way we want to feel. And the more we're going to become the person who has whatever that goal is that we want. So Starts with the framework, and then for 100 days, it gives you the, you know the weekly reflection points, the monthly reflection points, and just keeps you moving forward. Like that's the biggest thing. Yeah. There's a tracker in there too that like every day you can tick off one thing that you've done, and keep you moving forward because it's really about getting started, 
being intentional about what you want and then just following through. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I love that you say that you just focus on one goal because I'm so guilty of creating too many goals and trying to fit that in one in, you know, a month. And when you do that, you just, you're not able to actually make it a habit, like you said. And one of my biggest, um, habits or goals I had for myself was to be a part of the 5am club. And I've had that since I started this podcast in April, but it just never came to fruition. And I had to reflect and think like, why is this not working? And it's because in order to wake up at 5am, you have to go to sleep at a reasonable time, right? Like that's, that's, there's, you can't just wake up at 5am, but be going to bed at 1am. That's not, you know, you got to take a step back um, but you know, both my husband and I, we set that goal for ourselves and, you know, and we said, what are we doing to get to that? And now he, he's really good about going to bed, like at a reasonable time. I am like, you know, the one that stays up late doing nothing, um, just doing mindless things, nothing that's moving me towards my goals or anything, which is okay too. But I was doing that like till late in the mornings and, um, and he, he said, you know, and cause he's a morning person. I'm an evening person. Are we in the same marriage? I feel like your husband <laughs> and my husband are like the, all the, all the things I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And you and me exactly. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So similar. And he said, he's like, you know, just because you're a morning. Cause I always used to say, I was like, well, I'm not a morning person. I'm an evening person. And he'd say, just because you were an evening person, are you still an evening person in this life? And I was like, no, because my daughter does not care what time I go to bed she's up at 6 30 it doesn't matter what time I went to bed and um so I was like no you know what in this life and in this phase of my life I do have to become a morning person so I need to do this you know going to bed thing and so slowly we started shifting our bedtime or I started shifting my bedtime from 1 a.m to around 9 30 now 9 30 it rolls around I'm ready to go to bed and I'll be in bed and I'll be up at five I won't be out of bed at five, which is the goal. But today I got out of bed at 545, which I was so excited for. I finally got up, but my daughter heard me and she woke up too. So <laughs> isn't that funny? Oh, um, that is so that's such a, like, that's motherhood. I know. Right. And so, but it was just like, I remember sitting and just like feeling so proud of myself that like, I got out of bed at 545 and I was ready to get going in my day. And I had this goal and I hope it keeps going for myself, but you know, I've so here's, can I say two last quick little things? You know, I love that you shared that for two reasons. Like number one. So here's the thing. If you said, okay, I've got another 99 days to figure this out doesn't that make you feel like you can do it? You know, like you're like, okay, so day one wasn't like exactly what I thought. I got up a little later and I woke the daughter up. Um, but I got a hundred more days to figure this out. Like it is going to get easier. I'm going to figure it out. And it gives you like the grace and you're not like, okay, well I got up at 545. Like that was good enough. So like, let me also try and see like, maybe I stay up like a little bit later, or maybe I can also like do this, do this extra workout in here. And I can also, I'm also going to create this new blog post. Like you're not adding all these other things. You're like, you know what, this one thing, can I do this well? And when you say I'm going to do it for a hundred days, like 99 days, you're like, you're going to figure this out. I bet you won't even take you that long. The second thing I want to say, and honestly, this is probably one of the most powerful examples. So many people hesitate to say, I don't want to do just one thing. Lisa, you don't understand. Like my business needs work. My, I still need to work, work. I have a family. I have workouts. I have finances. I have all these other things happening. I can't just focus on one. And I'm like, when you focus on one thing, the rising tide, John F. Kennedy raises all the boats. So one thing that you do is going to have a profound impact on all of the things. If you can do it well. 
Yeah. And I, for women, I always say like, go back to you. If you're not feeling fantastic and energized and happy and joyful, that's where you start. You start with your own self. You start with your self-care. If that's good, then we can look at the other pieces. Cause like first thing is you, when you feel good, everything's going to go up. Sleeping, that's a great example because not only, you know, if you're getting up early, are you getting a bit of time so you're more present with your daughter when when she's waking up as opposed to like she's waking up and she's asking you for her juice and you want your coffee and everyone's like all upset. Um, you know, you've, maybe you've had time for your workout or a shower so you're more consistent on that. Maybe you've had time to respond to a few messages and you're not worrying about doing that later on in the day so you're more present later. Like one little thing. And I get, it's not easy for us like night owls over here. I see you, my friend, but <laughs> one, one thing can make a, such a big difference on so many other things. And so uh, that's the other thing for anybody that's resisting and they're like, I want to do, but you don't understand. I want to do all the things. I'm like, just pick one. Cause one will actually impact others. And once you have that solid, once you have that habit down, then you can build on top of that. Then you've got a great foundation to keep building on. One thing will make a massive impact in, in every aspect of your life. Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree more with you. And I think that's so true. And uh, just being clear on that, I think is is so good. And I and I love everything that you've shared. And I so appreciate you sharing all of your insights and all the great tips and sharing your story um, and everything that you've done to get to this point um, in your life and both in business and in your personal life. And it's so, so appreciated. Um, and if anyone wants to connect with Lisa or wants to check out everything that she has been doing, um, I will link all of her social media and her website on the show notes for you to connect with her. Um, and I so appreciate you um, joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I loved all your questions and you know, your stories are amazing too. And I'm sure you know, that's why your listeners absolutely love, love hearing your stories because you're so good at sharing them and you're so good at pulling out all, all the lessons from them too. So thank you for making this such an awesome conversation. I learned a lot and I know anybody listening is going to love it too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, welcome to how did you learn to do that? where you will hear tips, guidance, and stories to help you to have a fulfilling life and career. The inspirational stories that you will hear from people will inspire you to know that you can create anything you want in your life and it just takes commitment and action. So I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for you to hear these stories, these guidance and the tips that I'll be sharing. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me, info at howdidyoulearntodothat.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter at how did you learn to do that and we would love if you could help us grow and expand this podcast by reviewing us on apple podcasts as well as on youtube and sharing the episodes with your family and your friends and helping us continue to spread the message that we all are deserving of a fulfilling life and we can be the catalysts in our lives to create that all right stay tuned for the next episode